Welcome to This Girl Puts Out. I'm your host, Carm Macaretta, and I interview real women with real stories about real life stuff. I'm inviting you to laugh, cry, and connect with my guests as they share some of their most impactful life experiences, from their brightest moments to their darkest hours. For more stories and an opportunity to share your own, visit me at thisgirlputsout.com. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of This Girl Puts Out, and this is our second attempt at a video release, so I want to thank my guest, Cheryl, for being brave enough to uh, go into these uncharted waters with me today, releasing a video podcast. So today's guest is a woman who agreed to share her story with me because she wants to help other women create positive change and push forward after facing adversity. She hopes that by sharing her story and the wisdom that she's gained, other women might gain strength and empower themselves. This is a story of finding purpose, overcoming adversity, pivoting multiple times, and especially about listening to that inner voice and having faith when often things looked impossible for you. So please welcome my guest, Cheryl. She is a business owner. She is a mother. She's a student. She's a licensed massage therapist, and she is a master Reiki practitioner. She holds a Bachelor of Science degree in health science and exercise physiology. And because she just had all this extra time on her hands, she decided to start working on her PhD. So she's currently a PhD student. And I am also proud to call her my friend. So Cheryl, thank you for agreeing to do this with me today. Thank you for having me. sharing. Welcome to This Girl Puts Out. We're going to start at the beginning. Um, So tell us a little bit about your childhood. What was growing up like for you? Pretty typical childhood, I would say. have an older brother, um, grew up in um, the town of Lockport, so not far from Lewiston. Um, Pretty pretty basic, I guess. Nothing significant in childhood years. Mm -hmm. Just went off to college and started life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What did, what did you have dreams of being when you were young? What did you want to do when you grew up? Oh, geez. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, no, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really have a specific, mm-hmm. um, idea in mind. I knew I wanted to help people, mm-hmm. but I didn't know in what avenue that would be. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of, mm-hmm. um, gone to college and built my career and, and layered on different ways to help people mm-hmm. and just always push to, you know, be the best person that I could be so that I can help bring that out in other people as well. So when you went into college, uh, and you, you did your, your bachelor's degree in, mm-hmm. in the health sciences first, mm-hmm. that was your first, first attempt in college, yes. right? Okay. Yeah. So you got your bachelor's degree, you came out at what point did you start working, get married? How did that all? Yeah. So right out of college, um, I did two internships, okay. um, in exercise physiology or corporate wellness, um, okay. back in the day is what it was called. Um, and I did the first one at ortho clinical diagnostics, which is Johnson and Johnson company in Rochester. And then, um, another one in, uh, Eastman Kodak mm-hmm. in Rochester as well. And then from that one, I gained my mm-hmm. first job 
my first real world job. So it was exciting. I mm-hmm. worked with the ergonomic team and I went around and helped the people that uh, had chronic injuries, mm-hmm. maybe back or shoulder or whatnot mm-hmm. from the jobs that they were doing. It was very physical, manual labor there. Um, and so I would create a wellness program for them specifically mm-hmm. designed to help them be better and uh, more healthy at their job mm-hmm. and to so, continue working. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was a wonderful supportive mm-hmm. um, environment and um, corporate wellness, I thought was going to be the big boom. And this was back in the late nineties, mm-hmm. um, thought it would be this big boom and other companies would join on board and, mm-hmm. and it kind of just, it fell away from yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had moved from Brockport, Rochester area, back home for my uh, first husband's career. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find a job in corporate wellness anywhere in Niagara County, Buffalo area. Wow. Yeah. And there's not that much distance between Rochester there's, and there's Buffalo, not. but, but culturally in the corporate world, it was night and day. It was, yeah. yeah. It was, it was this area and still is very blue collar mm-hmm. based and just the, the mindset of giving the tools to, uh, the employee so that they can be better, healthier, more productive mm-hmm. hasn't picked up around here. Right. Yet. Or even the idea of your work being involved in your health. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well now it's coming it's, around, yes. but, but in a different direction. So mm-hmm. it's coming almost from the backside in that it's coming more from uh, an insurance-based type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they want you to be healthy and not smoke mm-hmm. and, you know, those right. type of things. So they will, they will encourage you to do a little bit more, but it's still not immersed in the work culture that right. I had seen uh, so many years ago down South and things like sure. that, where people have a different mindset on health mm-hmm. and wellness. Um, it's, it's always been prevalent there, mm-hmm. just not so much mm-hmm. here. So you liked your job and then I loved and, my job and <laughs> your relationship brought you back here. Yes. So you were looking for work and at this time your relationship started to take center stage, right? You mm-hmm. starting a family. Mm-hmm. And so tell us about those years. Yeah. So when I transitioned back here and couldn't find work, mm-hmm. uh, I, I did, I guess I would call it my first pivot. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about a lot of pivots in <laughs> In my timeline. Uh, so the first pivot was uh, I couldn't find the work that I had gone to school mm-hmm. for, uh, which was very disheartening at the time um, because I enjoyed it so much. So I pivoted and um, I went to massage therapy school, which would uh, give me the ability to directly connect mm-hmm. with the clients mm-hmm. um, on the table, help them feel better, muscles and tissues and relaxation. But at the same time, also teach them all of the things that I learned about wellness along, mm-hmm. you know, my, my college career. So, um, so I stepped into that role and, um, and just loved it. And I started learning uh, yoga and went and did yoga teacher training. And then I opened my first wellness center in Lock. There's something about providing a hands-on therapy. Oh yeah. To people. The energetic yeah. connection. Oh, once, once you get a taste of that, whether yeah. you're doing their hair or you're giving a massage yeah. or doing Reiki yeah. if, or providing medical service, you know, it's very, it's very heartfelt. It is, it. it is, but that, that service that requires you to be in their personal space and put your hands on yeah. someone it's, yeah. 
it changes you. And there's something very attractive about being able to do that for other people. Yes. You know, once you realize you have the power to make someone feel better with your hands, yeah. it's, it's incredible. And it I'm is. sure anybody listening that's in those industries or the beauty industry totally, totally gets it. When did you get married and start having your family? Um, let's see. So got married right out of college and we started a family a couple of years after mm -hmm. that. Um, had my oldest daughter, Kiera, she's mm -hmm. now 20. And then we had Rhiannon and um, she will be 18 in oh, just a couple months. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, we started a family and, um, you know, got full into that, you know, daily grind mm -hmm. day in and day out. And, you know, I was, I was the one that juggled the majority of everything. Husband went to work, he came home mm -hmm. and that was about it. So I had my business to run and I had my kids mm -hmm. to juggle and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and I found that it got very, very heavy, very quickly. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd grown up in, you know, a traditional childhood home, dad worked, mom stayed at home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those roles were very specific. And I noticed I married into that same thing. Yeah. Uh, but you weren't your mother. No, I was not. I was not my mother. You um, had other ideas about more on my plate, yeah. mm -hmm. more, more that I wanted to, um, give out to the community mm -hmm. and also get back and, and feel like it's a rewarding, you know, career for right. myself. So I started to feel this, um, I guess, heaviness of kind of taking it all on mm -hmm. and that exhaustion kicked in. Mm -hmm. So like, I, I think I still feel it now, all of these years later, just still that heaviness and that feeling of, of owning all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, it's lighter kids are a little bit older and yeah. you know, that type of stuff. But now, now I have another business again and I'm back at school. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I keep putting this stuff on my plate. It's, you know, but, um, but it, it just, it began to, I guess, morph a little bit uh, into, um, those, those roles being oppressed on mm -hmm. to me. And I was, you know, revolting back, not wanting to take on all of mm -hmm. it. And, you know, here's a partnership or so I was told that's what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so marriage became very challenging. And the more I pushed back, the more he pushed back mm -hmm. and it ended up getting into this, this relationship that, became very controlling on his end. Mm -hmm. He couldn't, you know, tell me what to do. So he would make me do what he needed me to do. So it, it morphed into a relationship that started out. Yes. It's going to be 50, 50. This is great. Sure. You know, and That's then you get married and, and it changes, right? <laughs> so this, you know, the sole contract that you signed on board for changes and, and he mm -hmm. changed mm -hmm. and, um, his background, um, he was, uh, in the military and then a uh, police officer. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost as though he would bring his work home with him and stand in the, you know, in the living room. And I'm, you know, nursing one baby and trying to, you know, fold clothes with the other and keep an eye on a toddler and, you know, hands on hips and, you know, intimidation. Yes. Control. Yeah. Why are there dishes in the mm -hmm. sink? And why mm -hmm. are you still folding laundry? Mm -hmm. I've got home, pay attention to me. And I'm like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. And it, and it just progressed and, and got heavier and heavier, I guess I would say. Um, so that relationship 
entered the abusive chapter. Yes, it did. It did. And, and I still have people that ask me about it and I Mm -hmm. talk openly about this stuff because I feel there's, there's no shame in sharing what happened with you. If that potentially can help someone else. And so I talk about it, um, often. So maybe my words Mm -hmm. can help someone. Um, and it was, it was something that took hold and changed in such a slow fashion that you don't even notice it. And you, you don't even notice the patterns that you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, and you don't realize how bad it's become Mm -hmm. until you, until you're Mm -hmm. full into it. Um, and I remember I would, you know, I would have a dear friend of mine come over, you know, cause I had two kids and, you know, couldn't leave the house. And we were, we were very remote in Wilson mm-hmm. and he chose that house for mm-hmm. a reason to be isolated away from, you know, friends and family. And she would come over now and again, and we'd watch a movie and just hang out and she'd hold mm-hmm. one of the babies mm-hmm. and it, oh, it was lovely. And again, he'd come through the door and, you know, just berate me and she'd feel horrible and then she'd leave. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it would just be this screaming match because, you know, why can't I, you know, have some help that he's not helping with, but I didn't realize it that way. So, but you know, um, you bring up a good point when it happens so slowly, it it gets normalized along the way. So, so you're trying to raise these babies and realize your own hopes and dreams and take care of a home and do all this. And, you know, a human can't do that for a very long time before they plummet. Yeah. In some way. So how long did you try to do all this for? Oh, geez. We held it together for Mm -hmm. about, I believe it was about eight years. A long time. It's a very long time. For that level of unhappiness. Yeah. Heaviness. Oh yeah. And to put yourself on the back burner for everyone and everything. And it, it had gotten so bad to the point where I didn't even, didn't even realize what had happened and didn't comprehend, like you said, kind of the, the full effect of it until, until the very end. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I had had enough. I, in my head made a plan. I'm, I'm going to get out. I don't want my daughters to live in this type of oppressive relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and I decided to leave and basically packed up my kids in a bag Mm -hmm. of clothes and out the door I went. And and how old were they? Three and one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I knew I had to have everything packed up. He worked the three to 11 shift. And I keep coming back to this timeframe because it was, I literally, uh, would, would set my life and my schedule up to when he, when he was coming home yeah. because stuff had to be done. It just, it was this, the strangest feeling you do what you have to do yeah. to function. So well, you do, and you yeah. were a different person then yeah. than you are today, you know? So from the time you realized I got to get out of this mm-hmm. till the time you actually left, like, how did you get the momentum and actually get out the door? And how I, long did that take? You know, I, looking back, I really, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I had always kind of, I had realized about, I would say about four or five years in, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you add kids on to mm-hmm. like a, an existing relationship. And I, and I felt the shift then mm-hmm. he was a serial cheater. So we had, we had those issues oh in our relationship as well. So, um, when our oldest was, um, three months old, nine 11 hit. And since mm-hmm. he was in the military off, he went mm-hmm. and, and that started kind of, uh, the downfall. So when he was away for 13 months, you know, I, I got to breathe again 
and I started to feel like myself again because he wasn't around and, you know, really kind of took a step back and looked at things and said, this is, this is not where I want to be. And he ended up coming back and I got pregnant with my youngest daughter and he begged me to stay. And I'm very family oriented, you know, everybody got married in the church. Yeah. Like I'm going to stick through this. And you um, start thinking about the kids. Yeah. You know, it, keep two parents instead of, you know, just separate one-on-one. Um, so I stayed. And in the end, when I got the courage to pack up myself and go, I was terrified. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of this man. And, um, And it took everything from my core being to leave that relationship because I was terrified. Um, We had had conversations before I left and, you know, basically said, you try and take the kids, I will kill you. This was an open conversation that we had. So that that'll tell you how deep the the pull down mm-hmm. was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, hell with it. I'm, I'm not going to raise my kids this way and mm-hmm. um, went and, and left and uh, stayed with my parents for quite some time to just kind of get myself back on track. And it was after I left that I found out how bad it was. So I had my wellness, wellness center in Lockport. Mm-hmm. He worked as police officer in the area and he stopped in one day to my work and we had a conversation and I left him on grounds of cruel and inhumane treatment. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was court ordered to go and do batter's intervention class. And he came to my work and he was all proud and he had a folder of things. He's like, I'm doing so great, doing so great in this class. And I'm like, I don't know how you can be doing great when you shouldn't be there in the first place. It should have never gotten that bad. Right. So anyway, he puts this folder down and he's like, I, you know, I did these worksheets, and blah, blah, blah. And you should look at them and we should get back together because I'm doing so well. And I was busy. I had clients. Yeah. And I said, leave it. Let me, let me take a look at it when I get a chance. And he left and uh, I didn't get to it until the end of the night. Clients are gone. I'd cleaned up. I'd locked the door and I opened this folder and I started reading in his handwriting, mm-hmm. these questions, you know, how did you treat her? You know, she was my property. You know, what, what do you do with your kids? Uh, well, I use them to gather information on their mother. So you know, these were honest answers. These were, these were his handwritten answers, it, but he answered them honestly. Oh yeah. And he was, he was so proud of, he had, he had come clean on the paper yeah. to the teacher to, you know, he, he had confessed his sins prior to clergy Mm -hmm. and and all that was good. And then I see in these handwritten Mm -hmm. pages and I'm, and I'm literally shaking when I'm reading it because, because it's almost like I came back into my body Mm -hmm. and said, holy crap, Mm -hmm. this was this was me for eight years. And I, and I lived this and I was reading a story about somebody. I was treated like subhuman. Yeah. And he had absolutely no problem. And there it was right there. It was so, so the, you know, the whole getting out of there and all that type of stuff. And it took a while. And like, I just, I knew I had to, I knew in, in the core of my being, but it didn't solidify until Mm -hmm. I saw that. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, paranoid, right. From, you know, this relationship that we had and so scared of him. And I, I remember turning all the lights down and I made photocopies of all of these pages mm-hmm. because it just, I knew that I needed them. We, we were in the midst of divorce and, and all of that. And, um, 
And I'm just, I'm shaking as I'm making them and I'm watching over my shoulders, just horrible. And I called him the next day and I said, your folders at the wellness center, you can come and get it. And he said, he said, oh, so do you want to work on us? And I said, no, no, I don't. I'm done. I'm done. We're moving forward no, with this there divorce. Was, if there was any question before, there isn't I was like, anymore. This is your nail in yeah. the coffin. And yeah. he just, you know, he was dumbfounded. He just, he, yeah. he just thought if, if he said what had happened, it would take away right. all of the hurt and all of what mm-hmm. he had done. And it, it would be fine because, you know, he confessed to it. So, mm-hmm. so it was just, it was surreal. It, it really was. It was, it was so bizarre. So, so that was the end of that relationship. I was. We were able to get yeah. divorced and, yep. and took stay a couple safe. years. Yes. Yep. Okay. And so during those years, you're rebuilding, right? Yeah. You're yeah. one income now. Oh yeah. That was, that was a whole nother story. Right. Um, so went from, you know, to two people bringing in money mm-hmm. toward everything. Um, and I had a wellness center that, you know, was still building itself and, mm-hmm. you know, I could pay the bills and, and whatnot, but not much other than that, um, forced to go on food stamps and, you know, very humbling. Uh, I had a college degree. It was, you know, it was nothing that I had planned. I couldn't relocate to my old jobs. Couldn't even call them up. Um, because of my divorce decree, I had mm-hmm. to stay in Niagara County. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the oppression continued. Well, now we're almost, it would be about 18 years in 17, 18 years since we've divorced. Mm-hmm. And I still have to stay in Niagara County. So any, any kind of growth in, in my business or my field was just totally, you know, whatever I could find in the area. You were restricted. And I still am geographically until Rhiannon's out of high school, which is this year. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. So, so even after you left, that wasn't, I mean, there, there there were years of struggle Hmm. that continued financial struggle and yeah always wondering if you did the right thing and you probably still had to see him oh where the kids we shared custody of the kids it was it was ongoing yeah it was hard your parents were local yes thank god you had told me that they were supportive but they weren't supporting you financially you were still trying to take care of yourself still trying to build myself back up so we did stay with them for a time Mm -hmm. until I could Mm -hmm. afford an apartment and then I decided to make the move from Lockport to Lewiston Mm -hmm. as close as Lockport and Lewiston is I had never Mm -hmm. been to Lewiston just Mm -hmm. everything I ever needed Mm -hmm. was out there so packed up my kids and I asked my mom she wanted to come I said hey we're just gonna go walk around you know this little town or whatever and um and we did for the afternoon and I looked at her and I said I'm gonna move my kids here I need a fresh start and she's like what are you talking about you know stay close to us I'll help you with the babies and they they are wonderful and they still of course they still are wonderful but I I needed a fresh start yeah. and uh and so relocated here about 14 years ago so you were a little I mean you had you had a fighting spirit Oh, wow. You were, yeah. you know, and then nobody you- was going to save me, right. but me, right. You know, and it was, uh, you know, everything that I've done and everything that I've created came from, you know, some inner kind of burning or need mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like, um, circumstance that caused me to shift gears or pivot. I always yeah. call it, or, you know, change direction yeah. because it's needed. You have to keep pressing forward. Well, and you have the ability to listen to what's happening inside of you too. You know, sometimes people might have those 
moments where they think of something they want to do or something they should do, you know, for their safety or for their growth or whatever. And they just can't turn it into action or they don't listen. Yeah. Right. Or they they just kind of push it back. Okay. So you're in this part of the region now and you've put that behind you, that relationship. Mm -hmm. And, um, you were blessed with another person in your life, right? Yeah. So my second husband, Marshall came along, uh, brought the fresh, fresh air, Mm -hmm. um, super supportive, Mm -hmm. super encouraging, loving, um, he never had children of his own and embraced mine like his own. And, um, you know, that the girls took to him and, mm-hmm. you know, life flourished again for a while. So, um, he was, uh, he was in the military previously and then worked for uh, civilian or government job mm-hmm. or whatever it is connected with the military. Often they go into those roles afterward. So he did that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we worked on building that relationship for about five years mm-hmm. And, uh, unfortunately he passed away. How, uh, how many years were you together? We were together six total Mm -hmm. married for Mm -hmm. five and your girls were close with him. Very. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They saw him as a very strong father figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm very sorry for your loss and for their loss. Yeah. And so his passing was what year? 2012. 12. Okay. So not, not that long ago. No, no. That's a big, a, a whole other obstacle to overcome yeah. is bearing a loved one, yeah. a spouse, yeah. you know, there's a whole being a widow, having, you yeah. know, a new identity as a widow that must've been difficult, all of it, you know? Well, yeah. It's, and it's very hard because, you know, again, I'm very open of yeah. the different kind of phases in my life yeah. and, you know, the life lessons I've learned and mm-hmm. whatnot you know, and being divorced the first time before the age of 30 mm-hmm. and then widowed before the age of 40, mm-hmm. um, you know, people come in with the, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. How do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Well, you deal with it because you have, you know, people that need you mm-hmm. family that needs you. You know, right. I had, I had to be strong for my daughters who were very young losing mm-hmm. their stepfather. So there, there wasn't really that time to grieve you did option to fall apart no no you couldn't because yeah. life still kept going yeah you know and people when when that happens they mean very well and you know right after it happens they're there and they're helping and you know and then a week or two a month goes by and you know they're back to their normal life right and you're trying to recreate a new normal mm-hmm. which is exhausting so you know the the whole kind of shift with you know, being, being married again and, you know, having that family and then having that pulled out again, you know, I did a lot of conversations with the universe or with God and, you know, the, the woe is me and the why is me and the anger and, you know, all the stages of grief. But I think, I think it's healthy that you go through those because you have to feel those each of those Mm -hmm. as hard as they are. It's a lot though. I mean, given what you had already come through, you know, you got another chunk of happiness for a minute and then the rug ripped out. Hot (laughs) minute. The rug ripped out again. Where were you at with, um, with the wellness center with career at this point? So, um, my first marriage ended in the divorce and Mm -hmm. shortly thereafter Mm -hmm. I had to close the wellness center because it just didn't produce enough income 
to now take care of a family of three and by myself. So, um, it tore me apart to have to close that down. That Mm. was, that was what I loved doing and how I connected with my clients Mm. and, um, and that whole portion of me just had to be thrown away. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it was challenging. I didn't, I didn't really know what I wanted to do mm-hmm. at that point in time. Um, right, so you kind of need a regular paycheck. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something that was steady. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I floundered a bit trying mm-hmm. to find different things, um, and wondering, you know, do at this point in time, do I go back to school? I thought about becoming a nurse, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, helping, helping people from that angle. I did, um, I did, you know, random odd jobs, whatever mm-hmm. I needed to mm-hmm. pay the bills um, and uh, keep myself busy. So I was at a very pivotal point. Like I said, what do I do uh, moving my career forward? I knew I needed to go back to school and do something. So mm-hmm. I uh, signed up and went to nursing school for a semester. And it was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I you can, get it. I can relate. <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, I just, I knew just sitting in those classes and, and, you know, learning what Mm -hmm. they were teaching me. I, I liked helping people on the wellness end of it, preventative Mm -hmm. medicine Mm -hmm. and nursing is, is very involved in they're broken and how do we fix them? Right you know, both lovely and helping people, but opposite ends of the spectrum. And so I knew at that point that moving in that career path Mm -hmm. was not for me. So I decided to go back and get my master's degree. Mm -hmm. Um, and I got that, um, at Canisius, uh, in cardiopulmonary rehabilitation. Yeah. We didn't put, I didn't have that in your bio. My my timeline's (laughs) Freaking a mile long. Yeah. I don't think, I think I only have a third of your bio. Correct. (laughs) My resume. It's like a Santa list just never ends. Um, so I, uh, I went back to school. Um, I, I had worked after, um, uh, Marshall and I had gotten back together. I worked at blue cross and blue shield. So I was in Uh the, um, wellness, but, um, healthcare industry. And again, wasn't a great fit, but I did corporate um, wellness for them for a while. Um, and when he passed, I just, I couldn't do corporate life anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you have something like that blow up in your world mm-hmm. and it really gives you clarity of, of what you want and what you need. Um, so it was, uh, it was after I left Blue Cross, uh, tried nursing mm-hmm. and then decided to go back to school. Um, so at that point in time, I was working at Trocare College mm-hmm. and, um, I started out just, uh, teaching some of their classes, mm-hmm. doing, um, uh, adjunct work and, um, and I knew that I wanted to climb up the ladder there a bit. Mm-hmm. So they said, well, you, you know, you're going to need to go back to school for that. So that was the extra push. Mm-hmm. Like in my heart, I knew I wanted it. And like in my soul, I craved it. Um, but the push from work, if you want to climb up, you got to do this. So it's like, okay, dance monkey, do, do whatever you have to do to do, you know, the next thing. So, um, doing it by myself, raising my kids by myself, uh, you know, new widow, uh, working full-time at Trocare, going to school full-time at Canisius, uh, 
it was exhausting. I'm exhausted listening and, to it. And, and you know, sometimes I look back on like what I went through and the the trials and tribulations to get to the next point. And I really don't know how I got the energy to do well, it. That's my question. What kept you going? Like what, how did you do that? It sounds it's, almost impossible. It's an inner, like mm, almost like a, like an inner fire, like mm-hmm. an inner burn. And mm-hmm. I just, I keep telling myself, okay, I'm, I'm going to get through today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get through the next day, or I'm mm-hmm. going to get through the semester or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I'm always pushing myself and setting a goal that's out, but not so far out that mm-hmm. it doesn't seem achievable, mm-hmm. but there, you know, there are bumps along the way. Like I will still remember the story till the end of time. And I feel like the world's worst mother, you know, we always feel like we're failing as, as mothers, right? Absolutely. Maybe we're thriving at work or whatever. <laughs> and you fail as mom or right. you if fail you as wife. forgot to or... send the lunch. God, <laughs> your day's over. <laughs> so my, my pivotal point that, that I needed to really kind of like focus on, um, my mental health mm-hmm. and my self-care because mm-hmm. I, you know, been doing too many things, taking care of, taking care of everyone. So woke up in the morning and the night before I had a paper that was due. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled an all nighter and I'm not like 20 anymore. So I can't do these things easily. So woke up face down on the computer, right? I had sent, you know, sent it off when it needed to be done. And basically my alarm on my phone woke me up. And, uh, and so I got up and kids are coming downstairs because they're getting ready for school. And Rhiannon's like, mom, can you do my hair? Can you braid my hair? Yeah. Let me, okay. Let me get some coffee, grab coffee and I'm braiding her hair. And she just starts crying. And I'm like, what's the matter? I'm like, is it too tight? Kiera comes in and she's like, mom, it's Rhiannon's birthday. And I didn't even realize, like, it still brings me to tears. Like even thinking about it because I had to go, go, go for so long yeah. and even wake up and know what day it was or what my name was or whatever. So it was at that point, I was like, you know, something's got to give and got through, you know, the rest of, of my training for school and, you know, said, okay, now it's my turn again. So I went through and was more aware of what was going on daily, paying attention to the little things if the paper got turned in late, it got turned in late. I'm not going to self-sacrifice or sacrifice the needs of my family to like bulldoze through life and get to school. Yeah. But it's kind of the only way I could get there. So like, I have this constant struggle, I guess, in my head of Mm -hmm. like, I want to do this for me and I want to move forward. But then you've got that pullback because life anchors you and kids and work and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, I think as women, we, we have this constant, like rubber band effect, you know, we'll be pulled in one direction. We do that really well. And then it's all stretched out in another Mm -hmm. because, you know, you, you can't be everywhere and and do everything. Um, you know, and now my kids look back on it and like, we all laugh and, you know, they call me super mom and, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they feel they can conquer the world because they've seen me do everything. And, you know, I tell them it's, I did it, but it was not glamorous at all. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish all these ups and downs on anyone Yeah, because it was so hard. Yeah. Sometimes you didn't even know what was driving the bus. You just, you were on it. Oh my God. You were. Yeah. Yeah. Like the movie speed. Yeah. hundred miles an hour. You're going. Yeah. 
I've always had a strong um, connection to something other than myself, mm -hmm. whether, whether it be God or the universe or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, everybody calls it something different. There was always something that, that anchored me and told mm -hmm. me it was going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that if I didn't have that grounding, mm -hmm. I think a lot of life would have just taken me away like yeah. a tsunami because it's easy to get into the woe is me or doom and gloom and you or know let the circumstances overtake you yeah exactly Absolutely. yeah yeah so you know I've I've always had that um that inner voice that yeah. that told me it was okay yeah. in all of the chaos and that was like my beacon of light yeah so it helped. Um, would you call it intuition? I know you have an ability to connect. <laughs> yeah. I know that you have a deep, deep sense of intuition and tell us more about your gifts. Yeah. So, um, so I would call it intuition, okay. uh, you know, as somebody would probably call it something else. Um, but I've always had, um, you know, like the anchoring that I always felt mm -hmm. there was, there was always some voice that was leading me, mm -hmm. you know, I would, I would come up with an idea and, you know, would know how it would manifest out mm -hmm. with, without ever, you know, seeing all of the obstacles that would be there. I would, I would say, this is it. And it's going to be that. And people, you know, always not doubted, but, you know, they could not see mm -hmm. where it would go or what it would do. Um, and I, and I've had that all of my life mm -hmm. and I just, I would, I would get an inner knowing mm -hmm. and it, it would be, it would be constant and it would fuel that fire. Yeah. And, you know, people on the outside would say, you know, you're insane. I can't believe you're doing this. What you, why are you doing that? Why mm -hmm. are you, you know, trying these things? And I just, I just knew it was the mm -hmm. right thing to do. Um, and in my field as massage therapist and Reiki practitioner and yoga instructor and all those things that has helped me connect with clients mm -hmm. on a level that normally isn't possible at such a quick rate. Yeah. So, you know, I could be at the grocery store and someone will come up to me and start talking to me as though they've known me for all of our lives. And mm -hmm for some reason, I am able to make sense of something that they need. So mm -hmm. does it, I don't even find it odd anymore. Mm -hmm. It's actually, you know, pretty intriguing when I go out and I come back and I, I didn't have someone kind of like flock, like a moth to flame. I don't, I don't know <laughs> what it is, but, um, but I enjoy that. Yeah. And it's, I, I love helping people. I love sharing the story of mm -hmm. who I am because I think I think it resonates with a lot of people more often women, but even, mm -hmm. you know, some men have gone through, um, you know, similar situations, uh, in relationships as mm -hmm. well. And I just, I love that aspect of life because it's, it's beautiful. It is a gift yeah. to, to be able, I mean, honestly, the older we get, the more we realize, like if, if not to connect mm -hmm. in love, yeah. What, what are we the here hell for? else are we right. here for? Exactly. What are we doing? All, all the know? rest is just frivolous. It is. Yeah, it is. It's necessary, but frivolous. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so where are you today? So today, um, obviously opened another wellness center. Yes. Um, interesting when I, when I moved here, yes. <laughs> here, here we are. Um, when I moved here, you know, those 14 some years ago, I looked around and, you know, I, 
I felt there needed to be some sort of wellness center here. Mm -hmm. Baffled that there wasn't one. Mm. And just year after year, kind of waiting. Okay, who's who's gonna do it? Right. Like, where where's our wellness hub? Because it just the energy here is so good. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that um that there are so many people that are on this wellness path, especially in this day and age with, you know, all the things that we're facing. Um, and I just found it odd that no one was opening one and eventually, um, you know, this space opened the intention to, you know, manifest this came about. And again, another time where people are like, you're crazy. What are you, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Um, and I just, I felt called to do it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so we were open. Um, I had opened it with, uh, my ex-partner, um, and, uh, COVID hit. We had been open a year. Things were going well. Relationship was going well, all those things. Um, and then COVID hit and life imploded and uh, the heaviness of carrying this through COVID, no one coming in the doors, but still bills, you know, being paid out, all that. Um, and that uh, caused the relationship to implode and, um, and the business needed to downsize to uh, be able to stay viable and to take it on myself instead of mm -hmm. going into it as a partnership. <laughs> um, so uh, there's that pivot again, but it was at that same time that all of chaos was mm -hmm. going down. Um, you know, it, everyone in my family, everyone was still healthy and well, and, you know, grateful for that. And I just, I just got this intuitive hit that there was more for me to do on this planet than just the wellness center. So I'm, you know, trying to kind of decipher, say, you know, these intuitive feels that I mm -hmm. get, um, you know, I, trying in my head, figure out what the heck it means. What does it mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was just encouraged to, um, to look into school again. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Like, you know, <laughs> I barely made it through the other one. Like, you know, with my sanity, uh, I did well in, in the classes. I love school, but, uh, you know, I said, is this going to be a shit show again? Because I'm juggling too much. Yeah. And so I said, well, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and, you know, sent off my application and uh, this uh, doctoral program and they, they accepted me. And then I'm like, oh man, now, now what do I do? Damn it. <laughs> Why do I do these things? Give me my hat now back I out of the ring. And I, I'm one of those people that if I'm going to do something, I'm all in because, mm -hmm. because it comes from such a place of like somewhere outside mm -hmm. of me that, that I know I need to be doing it. So mm -hmm. when I step in, I'm all in. So my girls said I was crazy. Many friends and family said, Oh God, here we go again. Um, and I, I have loved it. I just finished my first full year. I have almost a four O average, um, and I bust my butt every day. So when I'm not here at the spa, you'll see me at the front desk at the spa doing my homework. Um, and you know, I'm up before the kids mm -hmm. and do my homework and mm -hmm. I'm home at night and I do my homework because I, I feel that I can help more people or mm -hmm. channel my voice or mm -hmm. my message. If I just get this next layer of education, mm -hmm. 
Um, and the reason being, again, is uh, everything that I've experienced in my career um, often passed over for job opportunities and promotions because I didn't have the next level up career that, you know, trope here mm -hmm. said, hey, go back to school or you can't right. go up. So, um, you know, been told that or, you know, you don't have the right experience, you, you know, you don't have whatever, I don't know. Um, and so I feel as though if I can get this, all the naysayers can shut the hell up because there's not <laughs> anything else to get like so nope. um so you know i just i have this this intuitive push to um to share my voice to share yeah. my story um and I've had for about the past 10 years, you know, this intuitive feel that I'm going to write a book. And I went and got pictures taken for a book cover that I haven't written yet because it's in there and it's, you know and it's it. coming. Yeah. So they're like, all right, do school first. Okay, well, then maybe the book will come shortly thereafter. So I don't know. It's just, it's just this next pivot that yeah. has come up. And so when it comes... I love that you trust just it, that you embrace just, it, you trust it because it yells at yeah. me. If I don't, <laughs> if, if I don't like, you know, I will say I'm, I'm in a job that mm -hmm. just, I should be moving on to mm -hmm. do something else. It, it just, it's exhausting to mm -hmm. stay there. It's like mm -hmm. spinning your wheels. Mm -hmm. Like Wasting my first time, my first marriage, it mm -hmm. was just, you know, for years and years, my gut was telling me get out. And I just, you know, kind of pushed it to the back and just kept going now I don't do that anymore. I let, I let the gut feeling mm -hmm. help me create, you know, the path because mm -hmm. if I don't, it just, it just keeps, keeps churning. Yeah. yeah. And it feels off. Yeah. Totally off. Tell us about, um, your research. Yeah. So, um, so again, I think, I think all of this is connected with the wellness center mm -hmm. and the, the next transition into, um, into school and whatnot. So my research, uh, I had to pick, um, uh, you know, a research focus or mm -hmm. uh, whatnot. And so the research foci that I picked um, is uh, meditation, mindfulness, and um, meditation, mindfulness, and gratitude. So I find that those three things have guided me along my path. So when I was tasked with trying to figure out what I wanted to study in school, mm -hmm. um, I wanted to do something that was very meaningful, very heartfelt for me. So, you know, for many years I did meditation through yoga and, and all of that. Um, mindfulness is just an extension of meditation that you can take anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you don't need a room or, mm -hmm. you know, a yoga mat to do it. You just, you carry it with you, yourself all the time. And then gratitude is the feeling of accepting where you are and knowing that there's something more. So you can accept what's going on with yourself. And maybe even if you're in a bad place, but you share and you connect with someone that's helping them pull their own gratitude up. Mm -hmm. and so it's almost this pay it forward, pay it mm -hmm. forward type of mindset. And I think when my life got hard and there were a lot of those ups and downs, I had to stop and find the things that I was grateful for. And those were the things that anchored me, family, friends, you know, whether it's clients or, you know, grateful that, that I do have a business or a job or whatever it is, or, you know, a car that has gas so I can go to the store and get milk for my kids, like just simple things, mm -hmm. but gratitude is, is everywhere. And it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. And if you always have that kind of in, in your heart or in the back of your head, 
it can carry you through mm-hmm. some of the worst times. And like, I'm, you know, well, poster that, child for that. And it can replace, I mean, you can reprogram your brain to think that way yes. all the time. Yes. And so that becomes a new way of, of living. Yes. Oh yeah. It's almost as if this research focus, it's bringing your life full circle. Yeah. It's, you know, you're studying like the three themes of your life. Oh, and, the and thread. Yeah. And how of all of them. you're going to put that into practice to help other people. Yeah. That's, that's it. And I, um, you know, I've started with, you know, my daughters mm-hmm. because, you know, I want them to want them to be aware of the relationships that yeah. they're getting in and red flags and, you know, pay attention that yeah. way and, you know, focus on, on school and get it done before you get into a heavy relationship and mm-hmm. kids and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, because they've seen how hard it is to yeah. juggle as a mom doing everything, um, you know, to, to fit that in life when you're, when you're working full-time. So I almost wanted to take all the life, life lessons that I have learned, pass them to my daughters and just hope that I can keep that momentum mm-hmm. going and hopefully gain a larger audience that, that also would like to, you know, work through some of their mm-hmm. crap to get to the next point, or maybe they don't have that, um, intuitive guidance, mm-hmm. but perhaps talking with other women that have been through that, they can start to formulate their own plan mm-hmm. and um, give them some yeah, momentum. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, you know, even when, when I was at my lowest point, it was, it was friends and family that, that gave me the support that, that because I had nothing left, mm-hmm. just the exhaustion to the core was just profound. Um, and it was just that, that little extra like lift Mm -hmm. that someone can give you. And whether that's like, you know, smiling at someone in the grocery store or like pay it forward with buying your Tim Hortons, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll get the coffee behind Mm -hmm. me, like silly little things like that. But I think, I think life can be a lot happier and healthier if we, if we embrace that mindset. Most people come in and add it like, um, you know, that's mine and that's mine. And, you know, this kind of closed off energy. Mm-hmm. And I want to blow that idea out of the water and put it in, in a positive direction yeah. because there's, there's so, there's so much good in life. And sometimes we just don't see it, it might be right in front of us. Well, I can't wait for the book. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's next for you. I really enjoyed following you the last few Thank years. You. And- I love that I know the whole story now. Yeah. Um, We have to plug the spa before we go. So just tell us what you do here and where people can find you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so we are Samana um, Salt Spa. We are a wellness center in Lewiston. We're at 704 Center Street, uh, right across the street from Orange Cat Cafe. So if you know where that is, we're right across the street. We do um, wellness services here. So no hair and nails and things like that. We offer um, all different types of massage therapy. Um, so anything from relaxation to therapeutic deep tissue. Um, I also offer um, ashiatsu, which is barefoot massage. Um, my schedule is limited um, just with all the things on my plate. But once I get done with school, um, I'll have more availability for that. Reiki, I also do that as well. Um, and uh, we now have four massage therapists mm-hmm. here. So, um, so the girls will take very good care of you and help you relax. Um, 
we also have um, yoga coming back. Um, I found someone to come in and teach nice. yoga. I would love to, again, <laughs> just limited availability time. with time. Right. Um, and uh, we do dry salt therapy here. We're in the um, salt room. So this helps with respiratory conditions, skin conditions. Um, I found this um, uh, for helping my own allergy and asthma symptoms. So uh, with my degree in cardiopulmonary rehab, I know a lot of how the body works inside and out. Um, and so I've used this um, for my own treatment of allergies and whatnot. Uh, it's been very helpful. So that was another reason I wanted to bring it to the community. So, um, so we are uh, offering that as well. And then wellness classes, <laughs> once I get more time, uh, gratitude and mindfulness and, and uh, meditation and all of those will be coming as well. So just a, a little more time and we'll build a little bit yeah. more. I just have to take some stuff off my plate. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to, uh, to watching your journey. I want to yeah. know what you, what you have to say to that girl who was at her lowest point, um, knowing what you know today, what would you say to her? I would say, trust your gut, follow your intuition, um, and just know that you will get through it. That, that always not knowing if will, will it work out? What will I do if I pivot and go this way? It, it all irons itself out somehow. Would you share in closing, you and I had talked about the responsibility to be role models for young women. Oh yeah. Oh my God. So we, as women just go through so much and we, we, the majority we, we juggle, um, family and whatnot. And I just think that we need to work together to help each other through. And I, and I really do believe it's from sharing stories mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, mm -hmm. the same thing that, that you're doing with, um, with your podcast is bringing women together to talk about how they have gotten through things and that you, you can bring similar mindsets together and, and elevate and encourage and, um, you know, bring forth the best out of someone mm -hmm. who maybe was going through something and they didn't quite know how to handle it. And you just, you help them gain some clarity and they can, they can move in the next direction. Um, you know, with my daughters, I just, I wanted them to have strength that will get them through some of these, these tough times. Mm -hmm. My, my mother's extremely loving, wonderful mother, and, mm -hmm. you know, very powerful in her own right, but she didn't go through the ups and downs that I did. And so I, I didn't have anyone teaching me how, how to move forward. I, mm -hmm. I created my own path and made my own way through life. Um, but it would have been, I think, easier had I been able to learn from some other females that have gone through it. Right. So I would like to help kind of create that movement forward and that, that energetic lift so right. that, you know, we, we can, you know, rise faster and, you yeah. know, go you, after what we want. You use the, the term you, you said, I want to create strong feminine soldiers. Yeah. I, I, when you were I talking about your that. girls. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just um, something that I feel so, so passionate about mm -hmm. because I've had to be my own single soldier pushing right. forward and that's exhausting. And you want to make it easier yes. for them and you want them to have a place to find it and to, you know, maybe 
maybe their mother wasn't nurturing or yeah. maybe they didn't have an example in their life. Yes. Or maybe they don't have that inner burn, but yeah. they can look at you yeah. or, you know, what you're creating and what your research is going to be about and say, yeah. hey, we can, we can learn this. Exactly. Yeah. And it's power in numbers, yeah. right? right? You know, and then, and then you don't feel that you're alone. Yeah. You don't feel like what you went through was, was wrong yeah. or shameful or, you know, harder than others. Yeah. I, I don't look at other people and say, oh, you had it so easy and, you know, uh, make judgments that way. I'm like, no, how, how can I help others who have also gone through it and make them feel lighter? And then we join forces, you know, and feminine think, soldier army I love mindset. It. I, I think in the other message too, especially for younger women is you got to talk about it. You can't stuff it because oh, yeah. um, the message is we all go through yes. a fair amount of stuff and you have to be able to talk about it. Yeah. I think that's, that's really important too. Yeah. This was wonderful. And I know that my audience is really happy to listen to your story today. Thank you for being so generous. With, yeah. Happy with, to share. Sharing. And I wish you nothing but the best. <laughs> and I know that, that, uh, whatever you do, it's going to be amazing. And I'm just Aww. glad I get to, to watch. Thank you. Cheryl, thanks for joining us. And this girl puts out is officially signing off. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And for more stories about real-life women, visit thisgirlputsout.com.